Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. That, uh, you're still, <laughs> I was making sure everyone else was awake. Trisha was, but <laughs> how are you guys today? Good. Fantastic. Yeah, it is a beautiful day, so, and a fantastic day. Well, I hope and pray all is well with you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for, you know, gathering and putting songs together and putting that together and pushing buttons and reading scripture. So it's, it all comes together. So, today we're, we're able to come together and, and praise the Lord of heaven and earth. We're able to, to read his word and, and grow in our walk with him. Who is God? Because God has called us. God has, has come into our dark world, has broken the, in case of emergency, glass and come on a rescue mission for us. Now, Paul says this in Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, if you want to turn there with me. He said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he has predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, <clears throat> according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who, will, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee, or if you use Carcism, the guarantee, right? <laughs> you know, it's a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now this this passage came to mind as you know we're going through John six and you know just looking at everything that's said in the scripture to come. Now here we have every blessing in Christ and they are stored up for us in heaven. And these, these rich blessings are, are planned for we were chosen before the foundations of the world were set in place. Isn't that an amazing thought? That those in Christ Jesus would be holy and blameless before God. He did all of this in, in love. He predestined, he called us out 
for adoption. He got all the papers in order that we would be his. A part of the family of God by the blood of Christ. That is his will for the praise of his glory. For in the beloved he has blessed us. For in him we have redemption, which is that forgiveness of all of our wrongs, all of the trespasses and sins. For he has richly poured out his grace. And this is the plan, Paul says. This is the plan from the fullness of time. So that our hope in Christ would be giving God praise and honor. For this is the gospel. This is the good news of our salvation. We believe and we're sealed. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit, which guarantees us what has been promised to us. You know, this is the, the mission of, of Jesus Christ come to redeem the broken world. But as we have seen in, in John chapter 6 so far is that the leaders of Israel reject his claims and are very much against and even as the text says persecute the Lord and question him. We see a crowd of people that that were fed by him. They saw mighty miracles and now they wanted to force Jesus to be king. He went away from that. They looked for him more. They found him and they wanted him to feed them always, right? That's the last thing they, they say. Well, today we, we see Jesus is firm, very firm with those around him in this crowd with some very hard sayings. He brings them to this understanding. They need to believe. They need to take of his flesh and they need to do this in order to have life. Well, let's start with a word of prayer. Well, Father God, we, we thank you for this time that we can come together. That just to, even the, the little things that we can, we can serve you. We can, we can read your word together. We can praise your name. It can be about using our, our talents our talents for you. But, you know, we thank you for this, this glorious day where we can come and gather as your body. Lord, be with us as we open up your word and learn from your scripture that we would grow in understanding and that as we talked about in Sunday school that we would be about building habits habits of praise, habits of, of exercising those gifts that you have given us, and all for your glory. That, you know, just as we looked at the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, that we would be about your will, God, in all of life, in all ups and downs. And uh, we thank you for this time. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, if you haven't already, please turn in your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 6. And we will continue where we left off last Sunday in verses uh, 35 to 40. We'll start, start there. Now, John records this. 
37, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. You see, last week we saw this large crowd. They were fed by Jesus. And then they, they seek him out again, right? Because they, they wanted more food. They, you know, Jesus called them out on it. You came and sought me again because you had fill of the loaves and fishes. And now they, they question Jesus in this conversation. They, they actually seek him out to bear a sign. Uh, which was, you know, kind of like, well, wait, didn't you just see a sign? But, you know, they wanted to see him bear that out again, uh, probably because they wanted more food, right? You know, they're trying to pull, pull a fast one on the Lord. You know, he can see through all of that, though. They, they weren't listening to his claims. You know, Jesus tells them to seek the bread of heaven, for it gives life. And the crowd asks, well, give us this bread always and then Jesus plainly tells them I am the bread of life that which has come from heaven he alone can and will be the substance that we need for eternal life Jesus tells the crowd this that those who come will not hunger those that believe will not thirst because in Christ our spiritual hunger our spiritual thirst is satisfied. Jesus alone does this. All other ways are, are full of burdens, full of works we must bear. All other ways are full of despair and darkness through the lies of whether it's religious activity, cult leaders, or new age gurus that promise us our best life now with more with no more pain with health and healing but this all fades away because as jesus says thieves break in steal and destroy but jesus alone calls us and is able to bring us to the father blameless now please turn in your bibles with me to matthew chapter 11 But even in an internal, eternal perspective, and then in a day-to-day -day perspective, Jesus tells us this, calls us out, starting in verse 28 of chapter 11. Then the Lord says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. You know, this isn't daytime TV trying to sell us something. This isn't self-help. This is far from it, right? Now, this is the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth saying, come. Come if you're down and out. Come if you're overwhelmed. And he will give you rest for your very soul. Don't you just want to rest, right? Like that feels good, right? <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's awesome. It's a, an amazing blessing that we can come in places yoke, which you know is an interesting term, right? You know, what is a yoke, right? Well, it's what you put on cattle as you drive them, right? You know, that's we we place this upon us, and we we learn. We become a disciple. We're a learner. Following the Lord's path. You know, if we place that upon us and learn from him, for he is gentle and lowly, and he will give us rest for our very souls. And we see this again and again throughout John, right? That he knows the hearts of men. He knows this crowd's hearts. First they came for wonder, for the, the healing that he did on the sick. Then they saw the food and they wanted to force him to be king. And then they sought him out more for food. And that is all they wanted. They wanted the gifts, not the giver. They did not believe in Jesus and he knew it. He says it matter of factly. So Jesus speaks on this. All that the father has given him will come to him and they will never be cast out. And we see that, that God is the one that draws people towards him. For this is actually the mission of the Son, to do the will of the Father, to draw humanity back to himself. Now please turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, Peter says this, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. You know, the day of the Lord will come. That's a, a promised set thing. It will take place, but, but it takes time. Because the Lord is patient and he wishes that none will perish. That all would have the opportunity for repentance. This is the Father's will and the Son, that the Son would not lose anyone or anything given to him. And he will not. For the will of God is this, that if any look upon and believe in the Son... They have eternal life and they will be raised up on the last day. And this is the mission of Jesus. You know, he is, he is there. He is here today drawing all to himself for God does not want any to perish. And Paul says this in 1 Timothy, God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. And then over in Ezekiel, the Lord actually asks this question, I, have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his ways and live. See, God wants all to turn from their evil ways, 
from the stay-at-home mom to the dictator who kills his own people, God desires that all would come to him. But here's the key. He doesn't force. He draws. He gives opportunity to believe or not. You know, when I first became a believer in Christ back in college, I heard it put like this. God doesn't want robots. No, he wants willing people to come to him and serve. Now please turn back in your Bibles with me to John chapter 6. Verses 41 through 59. John records this. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not? Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give him, give for the life of the world, is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks on my blood abides in me, and I am him, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because the Father because of the Father. Whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. And we see here that the, the Jews didn't agree with what Jesus said. They, they in fact grumbled because of what he had claimed. He had claimed that he was the bread come down from heaven. So they immediately say, wait, don't we, don't we know this guy? Don't we know his mom and dad? And now he's, he's claiming to be from heaven? Like, really? And Jesus stops him right there. He says, stop grumbling. For no one can come to me unless the Father who has sent me draws them. And those that come will be raised up by Jesus. Then he quotes the prophets. It says, and they will be taught by God. 
those who are drawn to Jesus will learn from God and hear and come to God through the Lord, through the Messiah. You know, it matters greatly for, for Jesus knows God, for he has truly seen God the Father, and no one else has. So whoever believes upon Jesus has eternal life. For Jesus is the bread of life. And he says this, he says, Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. He's pointing out that, that yes, they, they ate bread, miraculous bread from God, but they still died. So even as their children, you need this. You need the bread that has come down from heaven. Jesus is here so that everyone would take of it, take of him and not die. Jesus says, I am the living bread come down from heaven. If anyone eats of that bread, he will live forever. See, we see that, that the Son of God is the Messiah, the living God, the very agent that we need in order to live forever in glory, dwelling with the Almighty. Now Jesus then states that he, he is that bread and that he gives his life, he gives his flesh. This is given so that the world would have life. Now this is where it gets weird, I guess, is the good, the best word I can. <laughs> weird for the Jews and weird for the readers of today. The Jews even are reportedly right here start arguing among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? You know, the, the question here is, are, are they missing the point? Well, maybe even modern day readers are like, what is Jesus trying to say here? Well, Jesus is really pointing and saying that he is going to give his flesh to save the world but then he says this he says truly truly i say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you will not have eternal life for my flesh is true food my blood is true drink whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and i in him you're probably one of the more harder sayings right one of the more what is what is being said here sayings right well first it's the contrast it's this this contrast of physical food that they've been seeking all of john 6 and the spiritual food that jesus again and again tries to point them to this sets the stage for this statement all must eat of his flesh and drink his blood. Jesus explains that it's not physical bread that the world needs. No, it's spiritual bread. The truth is here, if we do not accept Jesus, if we do not accept what he has done for us with his flesh, with his body, and with his blood, if we don't take of that sacrifice, and if it is not the sustaining thing in our life that we feed upon and abide in, then he will not abide in us. And we need to be sustained by him, for this is life. This is life from the living God that has sent the living Son. Those are cool terms for God, right? 
for Jesus and for God the Father. He is the living God. So whoever comes to him will live. For the bread from heaven is not like the bread that the fathers of the Jews ate. For they died. For whoever feeds on this will live forever. Jesus said all of this in the synagogue of Capernaum as he taught. And we see that this, this illustration is, is difficult. It's, it's strange, but it's strikingly amazing that he is the only source. That's what we learn from it. He is the only source. Eat here or die is, is pretty much the, we could put that title right there up by that text, eat here or die. Now please turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 14, just a, a few pages over. Well, maybe more than a few. But Jesus says this in 14.6. He says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the Father except through Jesus. All other voids are, all other claims are voided. All their paths are dead ends. The apostles agree with this saying as they say this in the book of Acts. There is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by, what, by which we must be saved. You know, the church proclaims this. In an age that everyone's building their own journeys or having their own truth, this is the capital T truth that the church proclaims and points to. This is salvation alone, by Jesus alone, grace alone, through faith alone. This is the name by which all men and women must be saved. By him alone, this is the truth, that there is salvation in Christ alone. But please turn back in your Bibles with me to John chapter 6. I'll read verse verses 60 to 71. John records this. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at it, at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. He said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know 
that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, I did not choose, did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. For he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. And the crowd heard these sayings from Jesus. And the disciples heard it as well. And the, the disciples, those learning from Jesus, are the ones that are fixed upon in the text here at the end of John 6. And they say this. This is hard. This is a hard saying. They're wondering if anyone can listen to it. They, in fact, say, who, who can stand this saying? Well, Jesus, knowing the hearts of humanity, comes to these disciples and speaks to them. Do you? Do you personally take offense at this? Are, are you able to stand it? Jesus says to them, what would you say if you saw glory? You know, if you saw the heavens open up and I go back to my throne? Jesus tells them that the spirit gives life, but the flesh has no help. They say, and then he says this, that his words that he's spoken are spirit and life. But Jesus knows there are some who do not believe. In fact, he has known it from the very beginning. He knows those that are true followers. He knows those that are fully against him deeply. He knows humanity more than they know themselves. That is why he has said, no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. Because no one seeks God unless God calls him. No one can see in the dark unless the light is turned on and shines without the sovereign will of the Father coming to seek and save humanity through his promised Messiah, we would all be lost because humanity does not seek God. Please turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 14. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. The psalmist says this, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They all turn aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Now this is humanity. We are all foolish, thinking we're not accountable to anyone or anything, for there is no God. You know, that's, the, that's the thought, right? That's, that's a foolish thought. God calls humanity out and says, corrupt, full of evil. In fact, no one does good. There shouldn't be any doubt, for the Lord sees all and says this, that no one understands or seeks God, and all have turned aside and gone their own way. Sounds like it's plucked right out of Isaiah 53.6 and Romans 3.23, right? You know? After Jesus says this, many, many of his disciples turned back and didn't walk with him anymore. Probably all of them, right? Because he turns around right after that, and there's the 12 left. That's it. So we don't know how many, at least 
you know, 500 to 120, some scholars range of how big the circles. We have the 70 as well that are sent out. So, but then he turns to the disciples that will become one day the apostles. And he asks them, do you want to go as well? Oh, Peter, being the spokesman of the group always, right? <laughs> answers Jesus and this is one of his good good sayings right you know I mean he sticks his foot in his mouth a couple of times throughout the gospels but this is a good one to whom to whom else do we go for who else has the words of life you know Peter the the whole 12 they they knew this they understood this that Jesus had the words of life they believed in him and they knew that he was the holy one of God that's interesting referencing that because it's it, it's what the demons scream out when they're being excommunicated or not ex, expelled from bodies that he's the holy one of God the enemies of Jesus are proclaiming we know who you are oh the disciples right hey, this is who you are they, they've seen that happen well please turn in your Bibles with me to first John 4. But John records this in verses 14 and 15 of the fourth chapter. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Now this is the, the testimony of those 12, well, of those 11, and, and Matthias sent out by Christ. They point to the truth that God has sent his son to save the world and that whoever confesses Jesus, God abides in them. After, after Peter answered, Jesus answered them now, did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is the devil? And we see throughout John that Jesus knows all you know, he has stated quite clearly that he knows who believes in him, he knows who does not, and he knows, matter-of-factly, who the enemy is and who will betray him to the Pharisees, to the, the Sanhedrin, to the religious elite that are persecuting him. And we see this back in Ephesians. Jesus knows the plan, right? From the fullness of time, he, he knew the whole thing. He knew every detail of what God was going to do here and what God was going to do there. And, and he came. It's pretty cool that we just talked about the prayer in you know, the Garden of Gethsemane for Sunday school. But he was there for not his will, but of the will of whom had sent him. So he, he knows all that is about to happen, even back in John 6, which is a little bit further away from the Garden of Gethsemane. And he let the will of the Father take place because he comes to seek and save that which is lost, which is all of humanity. So what do we need to do? What, do, what does humanity need to do with this I think we need to, to see about our heart, see about our, our soil. 
Are we ready to receive what the Lord has said? Well, please turn your Bibles once more with me to Matthew 13. And Jesus here tells a parable in verses 1 through 9. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And a great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to, the, went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the paths. A path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, and they, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they did not have depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Now Jesus here tells this parable of a farmer who, who threw out seed and some fell here or there on the, on the path and it was eaten on the rocky ground and it didn't really take root. Other seed fell among thorns and it had little to no life. Then seed fell on good soil, and it produced grain. The very purpose of that seed was that growth. So the question left to us is, do we, do we hear? Do we understand? And the questions are this, have we heard? And do we truly understand what God has done for us? Do we truly understand the good news that Christ crucified for us? Is that amazing gospel? Or is it just church? Is it just stuff we do with nice people? Is it a social event? Or is it about a Lord that is crucified, buried and risen again and coming once more? The next question is, do we understand we may have been around the, the church event scene, I guess, <laughs> a whole time. We know how to talk the talk. We, we know the lingo. lingua. <laughs> but do we understand that this is the way, capital T, right? Capital W, the way to life. There is no other. And lastly, do we accept it? As I look at this passage of Scripture, my, my heart just goes out for those disciples that just walked away. Because they were so close. Yet they walked away from the Holy One who brings life. So let us not, not turn and walk away. Let us deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Jesus because as Peter says, where else is there to go? Where else are the words of life? Let's uh, close on a word of prayer. Oh, Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for giving your son. 
to save humanity, to draw humanity to you. Help us uh, live for you day in and day out. Help us build habits to pray and be in the scripture. Help us uh, know that this is this is a truth to to eat here or die. To be satisfied by this sacrifice in the sun. Because there is no other way, Lord. Help us uh, reach out to a broken and hurting world that sometimes that's strong medicine, but it's it's revealing to the soul. Lord, we, we thank you for all the time that we have had in the Gospel of John, studying it, and we pray for much more time to, to study it together. Lord, we just uh, lift up all those that are, that are hurting, all of those that are dealing with the ups and downs of life, that, Lord, that you would be with them and hold them. And, Lord, uh, that whether we're heavy laden or whether we're overwhelmed, at any point of life that we would be about finding rest in you for you truly do give us rest and in the name of Jesus we pray amen